Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. That's right. I am Sam Rosenberg. It is Monday, August 14th, 2017. How you doing today? Are you getting ready for fantasy football? Because I'm fucking getting ready for fantasy football. That's right. We're going to be talking fantasy football on today's uh, today's podcast, Sam Sports Podcast. I've been talking about fantasy football players. Let me give you my breakdown. I'm going to be talking about some running backs today. That's right. I'm going to go through every single, all 32 teams in the NFL, and I'm going to break down their running back situation for each and every team. Let's see how long this takes me. It might take me an hour. It might take me 20 minutes. I'm going to figure this one out. Um, But in the meantime, listen, thanks for letting me get back on the mic. Some crazy stuff going on with my life. I'm starting a new job soon. Um, I'm in the midst of leaving my one job. Pretty excited to hear about that. Um, I'm excited for that, and I'm very excited for fantasy football. I got a couple of drafts coming up next weekend, and um, you know, got to find one more team for my one of my uh, current leagues. Um, but it is really that time where I need to be talking about f- fantasy football. I'm doing mock drafts left and right. This has been one of the tougher drafting years, man. The rankings, the people—it's just—it's really hard to really find anybody solid or dependable on any of these teams, you know, there's just not as many sort of, you know, book them Dano solid, you know, draft picks that you can just pull right out, put them right in and you know that they're going to be great. You know, in years past, there's usually a nice crop, but at the top of the draft this year, I don't know. I'm really on the fence with some of these guys. Um, okay, listen, let's, uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through every single team I'm going to tell you their running back situation, and I'm going to give you my opinion. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. Not because it starts with A, but because David Johnson is pretty much the consensus number one overall pick. I mean, Levy and Bell's in there too, but David Johnson is... I mean, I'd take David Johnson over Levy and Bell simply because David Johnson is not in the middle of a contract dispute. So David Johnson... He puts up numbers on the ground. He puts up numbers in the air. I mean, he's a monster. It's a no-brainer. You definitely want him on your team if you have the number one overall pick. I would take him over Levy and Bell. Uh, behind him, you really there's not much else behind him, which also is another reason why he's a good pick because there's not there's not going to be two other guys, too many other guys on the roster who are stealing carries or touches from him. You know, the only other people on the roster are Andre Ellington, who for years tried to get the starting running back role but never got it in Arizona. And then, if I'm correct, I believe they signed um, uh, uh, Chris Johnson. That's right, Chris uh, CJ2K. He should be back on the roster again. I don't really know how much he's going to be adding. I think they might still have uh, a few other running backs uh, there as well. I know TJ Logan was a young guy they wanted to uh, get in the mix. He got hurt in training camp. Kerwin Williams is still there. Um but David Johnson's the only guy you really want to have. Uh, to keep going through this division, San Francisco 49ers. See, at this point in time, with the Niners, the team, the, the player you're looking for is Carlos Hyde. And there's a lot of optimism that Carlos Hyde is going to bounce back. You know, he's the last two seasons, he starts very hot, and then he gets hurt, and he doesn't finish the season. So there's really a sense, you know, this year might be different. There's a sense with Kyle Shanahan there. There's a sense that he's going to want to run the ball more. Um... You know, so this could be the bounce back year for Carlos Hyde. I'm still on the fence. I'm a little skeptical. Um, Tim Hightower, he's been bouncing around a lot. He is now officially on the 49ers, so that's something to take in consideration of because, listen, he might end up st- – if, if Carlos Hyde gets hurt like he has the last two seasons, all of a sudden, you know, Tim Hightower might be a nice, tasty sleeper pick to go get. Good thing to keep in mind. Um, Seattle Seahawks. Now – 
The Seattle Seahawks, this is an interesting one because up until a couple of years ago, pretty much Marshawn Lynch had that job on lockdown. Now he's gone. And then last year, it was a complete rotation of running backs. You know, there was a belief Thomas Rawls was going to take the job, and then he was hurt for most of the season. Um, Now, Eddie Lacy is the front runner. So Seattle signed him away from uh, Green Bay. So now, Eddie Lacy is the guy they want to give the job to. C.J. Proceis, though was a really nice addition to the team or really a nice revelation midway through last season when they saw of what he could do both in the on the ground and in the air. Procise and Rawls are both possible options, but I would rather take Procise over Rawls. I think Eddie Lacy is going to be the guy to have. I think Eddie Lacy is going to be the guy they're going to give the most work to. But I think if anything happens to Eddie Lacy, Procise is going to be the guy you want to have in your hip pocket. And I know they got a couple other guys. They got like Alex Collins, but none of those guys are going to perform to the degree of Procise or Rawls. And I think after what we saw Rawls do or really not do last season, Procise is probably the guy to have. I could be wrong. This is just my opinion. Next up, the LA Rams. So, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's the only guy to have. Um, although we did learn last season that um, you need a little bit more than just Todd Gurley to perform because with no offensive line, with no quarterback play, with no real, I mean, offense to speak of, Todd Gurley seriously suffered last year. And, you know, I I, I don't see any reason why he's not going to suffer this year, but at the same time, there's nobody else on that team to get. There just isn't. You know, the, the Rams have not positioned themselves from a personnel standpoint and the guy to really have is Todd Gurley. I can't guarantee how pro- how productive he's going to be from a fantasy standpoint, but there's no other guy to have with the Rams. Now, next division, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, this is an interesting one because Doug Martin has been the man. But Doug Martin has been the man there for only a couple of years. Every other, He's only had two really legitimate, impressive seasons. Every other season, he's been disappointing or injured in some way. And I mean, this guy has played for almost five or six years now. So number one, he's coming into the season suspended. So you know right off the bat, he's not going to be on the field for the first couple of games. That leaves two other guys on the roster, Jaquiz Rogers and Charles Sims. Now Charles Sims has been on the roster for a couple of years, but he's real more of a pass catching back. He's not a workhorse. He's not a three down guy. He's not a 300 carry a year guy. He's productive, but he's not what Doug Martin or Jaquiz Rogers is. Now, Jaquiz Rogers has been in this league for a couple of years, but only last year when he showed up in Tampa Bay after being on the Atlanta Falcons for several years, being, you know, the second fiddle to Michael Turner, um, only then when he came to Tampa Bay last year did Jaquiz Rogers get an opportunity to be a, you know, focal point running back, a star starting running back last year, and he performed pretty well. Granted, he got hurt, and he ended up, you know, his season ended a little early. But during those first, those couple of weeks where he actually was the starting running back, he was very impressive. And I think Jaquiz Rogers has an opportunity to maybe win over and steal the job from Doug Martin. So I actually think Jaquiz Rogers is a sneaky pick who's being drafted very, very low, very low in drafts, and can really turn out to be, you know, one of your stud running backs for the season. If not for the season, at least for the first couple of weeks. And you know what? Sometimes that first couple of weeks can be make or break because with Ezekiel Elliott being down six weeks, your team might be one in five by the time he comes back. And all of a sudden, if you're one in five, your fantasy season might as well be over. So um, Jaquiz Rogers, I think, is a tasty pick to keep on your radar. Now, the New Orleans Saints, 
they've got way too many running backs and they know what to do with. So they they still have Mark Ingram. We've still been waiting for Mark Ingram to show up and be amazing. He's always he's been productive. I don't know how consistent he's been, but he's been productive. But the big acquisition was they brought in Adrian Peterson. And now Adrian Peterson is amazing. We all know this, but he is in the twilight of his career. He's dealt with some injuries and there's two posit- there's a positive and a negative to him coming to the Saints. Number 1, for the first time in his career, he's probably playing with he's playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with. So all of a sudden, you don't have him just running up against eight guys in the box. You actually are probably going to have a field open up and he's going to have running lanes because there is a passing game threat from Breeze. The downside is because of that, they're not going to run the ball much as much to him. The ball's going to go it's going to go all over the place to the wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs and they're probably going to set up two running back sets. There's going to be multiple opportunities where all of a sudden Adrian Peterson's not getting 20, 25 touches a game. He's splitting those touches and those carries with Mark Ingram, with uh, Alvin Kamara, who is now this young running, uh, rookie running back who's also been you know, turning heads in New, in New Orleans. So I think Adrian Peterson's going to be productive, but again, he's going to have to fill a role with everybody else on that team. So you really need to temper your expectations when you think about what you're going to get for Peterson. And I don't know who to pick, Peterson or Ingram. Like, if I had to pick between, I would probably say Mark Ingram, just because he's got the time there, he's got more youth to him, he's got less tread on the tires. But either way, I've always sort of been on the fence when it comes to the running backs with the Saints, because, you know, Adrian Peterson could have that red zone rushing touchdown, or Traveris Cadet could have it. So, you know, you got to just be wary. Sometimes the running backs for the Saints is like the running backs for the Patriots. Now, next up is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Okay, the Atlanta Falcons, they just signed Devontae Freeman to an extension. They still have Tevin Coleman. I think they're both viable options. I think both of them are good to have on your team. If anything happens to one, you have the other. Um, If anything happens to Freeman, Coleman's the man. If anything happens to Coleman, Freeman's the man. And when they're both out there, they're both dangerous. They are both solid picks. Devontae Freeman's being drafted right where he should be drafted. Tevin Coleman is going for a bargain. That's a guy who you can really sneak up and get when no one's looking. Um, Carolina Panthers. This is another interesting one because now, now you're not really thinking about Jonathan Stewart and Cam Newton and you know Fozzie Whitaker. Now you're talking about Christian McCaffrey, the rookie running back who essentially has been you know turning heads. There's a real excitement about what he can do in their passing game. Him being you know sent out to the slot like he's. He's probably one of the highest touted rookies coming out this year next to, you know, the closest thing to what Ezekiel Elliott was last year. Um, Leonard Fournette is, well, actually, Leonard Fournette's probably the closest thing, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey's got a lot of hype around him. Um, I don't know, again, with rookies, you never really know what you're going to get. There's a lot of projection, there's a lot of stipulation, but you just don't know. So with that, I mean, listen, I think he's worth a gamble. I'm a little skeptical. After I got burned last year by Jonathan Stewart, I'm a little skeptical of all of these players. So, I mean, I don't know. I think McCaffrey is worth taking a flyer on, but you got to be weary. You can't do it too early. And I do think he is going to cut into the touches of Jonathan Stewart. That, I think, is absolutely going to happen because there's only so many exciting offensive weapons on that Panthers team, Cam Newton included, and I think McCaffrey is going to be one of those few weapons up there with Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin. I think he is going to kind of steal those red zone touches from Jonathan Stewart. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I've i got some optimism with McCaffrey. Now, the Bears, Chicago Bears, 
This one's almost a gimme. You see, Jordan Howard really turned heads last year as the rookie running back, took over from Jeremy Langford, you know, had a 1,000-yard season. I don't see anything slowing down with Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is actually one of the few solid you can count on them running backs in this draft this year. I mean, I would say he's running back two or three behind uh, David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. He's just a solid runner. He clearly was able to, you know, stand upright for an entire season last year. I mean, I'm loving him. If you can get Jordan Howard high up in your draft, go get him, and and you can feel confident he's going to be the man for the bulk of the season. Um, The other guys on that roster, like Kadeem Carey and Benny Cunningham, even Jeremy Langford still on that roster, I don't trust any of them getting nearly as many touches as Jordan Howard. The Minnesota Vikings have got several guys at this point. Dalvin Cook, the rookie, is really the guy turning heads. Because behind him, you've got Latavius Murray, you still have Jarek McKinnon. They brought in Bishop Sankey, but he essentially tore his ACL. He's done for the year. I don't have much faith in Latavius Murray, and that's why I'm starting to suspect that I think Dalvin Cook, you know, everyone's saying he's going to take over. He's going to be a rookie that's going to show up and truly get the rock. Um, Latavius Murray's looking like he's injured. He's probably going to be injured going into the season, which leaves you with, you know, Dalvin Cook and Jarek McKinnon. And I think with Jarek McKinnon, he's a known quantity and we're knowing what we're going to get. Dalvin Cook's a guy I think you can roll the dice on early in your draft. You know, I think there's a sense that, I mean, they're going to lean on him a lot. So that's a rookie you definitely need to keep an eye out for with Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. Now the Lions... Okay, the Lions, this is, I, I don't like any of this because essentially you're looking at um, Amir Abdullah is going to be your starting your starting running back. And then you also got Theo Riddick, who's, you know, doing, you know, catching balls, running balls. They brought in Matt Asiata. I, I don't, you know, I think he's probably going to get some looks as well. They still have Dwayne Washington. Even for a chunk last year, Zach Zenner was their running back. But either way, I don't like any of these running backs. They spread the ball around way too much in that backfield in Detroit. If anything, when you're looking at a PPR league, I mean, the guy that I feel the most optimistic about is probably um, Theo Riddick. Just from a consistency standpoint, consistency-wise, he was the guy who probably got the most touches and the most looks and the most everything last year. And I just think, think Riddick's the guy you probably want to roll with. Now, the Green Bay Packers... This is a weird fucking situation. They've a, they've pretty much said we're going with Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery is officially our running back, which is just it's just crazy to think about. This guy was a wide receiver. They've converted him to running back. He's now going to have an entire season where he gets to actually prep to be a real-time running back. Um and then, you know, he's going up against a rookie Jamal Williams. I Listen, I've been very skeptical about the Packers' backfield for the last couple of years. I'm still skeptical about it. I think Ty Montgomery is going to do some damage, but I just, I'm a little, I'm hesitant to understand how much damage he can actually do as a starting running back. I know he'll be dangerous, but can he play a 16-game season? I don't know about that. I'm staying away from the running back situation in Green Bay. Now, the Redskins. So last year, Matt Jones, they tried to give him the rock. They tried to have him be the man. He lost his job to Fat Robert Kelly middle of the way through the season. Rob Kelly's coming back as the starter. I don't see any reason why he's he's going to be an underrated running back because I actually think he's a pretty solid play. I think that Jay Gruden will run the ball. I think that uh, Robert Kelly's going to get a big chunk of the yardage, and I think that they're really going to trust him a lot, and I think he's being drafted pretty low. That's a guy who I think you really got to be mindful of this season because, you know, he could be a sneaky 
sort of solid running back play for any fantasy football player this season. And, you know, aside from like Mac Brown and like they got that rookie Perrine, but I mean, I think it's Robert Kelly's job to lose. Now, New York Giants, this is an interesting one because Rashad Jennings has pretty much been the guy for the last couple of years, but he's underwhelmed the last couple of years. And the Giants have brought in several running backs to try to sort of compete with Rashad Jennings. They had Andre Williams. That didn't work out. Um, you know, and now we're looking at Paul Perkins. So they brought in Paul Perkins at the last year as a rookie. He turned a few heads during the season. Now it's starting to feel like Paul Perkins is going to be the guy. Like, I think they truly want to give him the rock and have him be the starting running back this year. I don't really know if it's going to come to fruition. We got to see how it actually works out. They also still have Orleans Darkwa. I mean, the running back situation has been a bit of a mess there. Um, actually, holy moly, I'm looking at this. Rashad Jennings is not on the roster. Oh, man, I screwed that one up. He's not even on the roster. I mean, Sean Drone is on the roster. And Shane Vereen. You still got Shane Vereen. So it's looking it's looking like it's Paul Perkins' job to lose, which let's see how things shake out because uh, I don't really know if Paul Perkins proved himself as a starting running back last year. Now the Eagles, my Eagles, listen, the big step was they brought in LeGarrette Blunt. But is LeGarrette Blunt going to be able to do what he did in Philadelphia than what he did in you know New England last year? I don't really know if he'll be able to replicate what he did with New England last year with the Eagles, not to mention he's sharing a backfield with Darren Sproles, sharing a backfield with Wendell Smallwood, you know, Donnell Pomfrey, like all of these guys. Like, clearly Blunt is going to be that workhorse back, um, but I think you're going to see him getting red zone touches. They'll use him similar to the way they used him in New England, but he's not going to get the amount of touchdowns as he got in New England. Um, Dallas Cowboys. So Ezekiel Elliott, money in the bank until he got a six-game suspension. Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris. That's the real question is which one of these guys is higher up on the depth chart? And I mean, I kind of want to say, you know, Alfred Morris, because I have a little bit more faith and love in Alfred Morris. He's just not as old as Darren McFadden. Um, But I mean, Darren McFadden is kind of the guy who's got a little bit more I don't know. He's just, he's a little bit more of a savvy runner, I think, than Alfred Morris. And Alfred Morris has been known for having pass protection issues. So, listen, if I had to put my money on anyone, um, I mean, I would probably put it on, I'd probably put it on Darren McFadden. I just, I think that Morris can do a lot, but Morris is not as shifty a runner as McFadden, and I think McFadden's going to be able to make more of his ca- his carries than Alfred Morris will. That's my call. I'm going to say go with McFadden over Morris. But of course, if it's late enough in the draft and Ezekiel Elliott's still on the board, go scoop him up. Now, the Oakland Raiders, um, Marshawn Lynch, that's the guy. Marshawn Lynch is clearly the guy. Um, they've been looking for a running back because they've been good, but now they need a running back. Latavius Murray was their starter last year, but I mean... It was a committee last year with, I think it was like Jalen Rashard and and James Olawali and DeAndre Washington. And, you know, Latavius Murray was just the guy who was getting like the red zone carries. But now, you know, you look at Marshawn Lynch on this high-powered offense. Now we're talking. Now, I don't know how – I wouldn't draft Marshawn Lynch high up. This is still a guy who missed a whole year of football. He's in his 30s. You can't take away from that. But he's probably the most likely red zone guy. And then behind him, I mean, it's it's tough to pick. It, you know, the Oakland Raiders running back, I would say take a flyer on Marshawn Lynch late in the draft, but I wouldn't draft him too early. Now, the Chargers, Melvin Gordon. L.A. Chargers, Melvin Gordon, 100%. 
You know, I know they've got Brandon Oliver. I know they still have Andre Williams. But Melvin Gordon is the guy to have. He really arrived last year. He does a lot on the ground. He does a lot in the air. That's a no-brainer. He's one of the few solid running backs you can count on to be money in the bank for the bulk of the season. I'm just going to throw that out there. Kansas City Chiefs, okay, this is an interesting one because Spencer Ware got the job last year. He got it over Sharkantrick West. West was pretty much the backup. He was non-existent for most of the season, and even when he did start, he was kind of forgettable. But Spencer Ware, you know, he lasted the season. He was the starter, but he left a little to be desired. There was definitely moments where you're sitting there going, you know, we could have really would have been nice to get more out of this. And that's the downside because I think Spencer Ware is going to get first team carries and first team touches, but that's not a high powered offense. It just isn't. And that's the tricky part because I think Spencer Ware is going to be a guy you're probably drafting and keeping as one of your number one running backs. But again, you got to temper your expectations because of that offense. Denver Broncos, now this is an even muddier question, because you still have C.J. Anderson, you still got Devontae Booker, who's dealing with an injury, and you've got Jamal Charles. So, Devontae Booker, who knows when he's going to be 100%, and even when he is, how good is he going to be? Jamal Charles, will he even be a shadow of what he was several years ago? And then C.J. Anderson, you know, C.J. Anderson was really, really good until he got injured last year, and he's kind of been up and down with his consistency. Again, it's hard to figure out which one of those guys is going to be the front runner, but if I think I think if CJ Anderson is still on the board late enough, go get him cuz I think he's probably the best option of all those running backs. Now you look at the Indianapolis Colts, here's another situation where it's a muddy running back thing because Frank Gore is clearly your guy. But Frank Gore has been aging every year you're you were ready for him to just fall off a cliff. But besides Frank Gore, I mean, who the hell else is on that team? You still got what, what uh, Robert Turbin. You know, you still got Christian Michael. Everyone else is a bit of a a shit stain compared to Frank Gore. And Frank Gore is still going to get touches. He's still going to get work. So I wouldn't draft Frank Gore high, but I still think he's the best running back option to have on that Colts team. That's just the reality of it. Um That's more a testament to how poorly managed that Colts franchise is. Houston Texans, okay. Lamar Miller, I think he did a nice job at running back. He's still going to be your running back. He's still going to be the stud in Houston. Um, You know, they've got a few other guys there. They still have Alfred Blue. But, I mean, and oh, and they drafted that UT guy, uh, Deontay Foreman. But still... And I know they've got guys who are who are like threatening to take the job from Lamar Miller, but I still think Lamar Miller is the guy to have. I still think he's actually one of the better running backs to have. Um, you know, considering all the other options out there, Lamar Miller is a more solid bet than most. Although, going to the Tennessee Titans, the next next team on the list, Demarco Murray is a much much more solid bet than uh than Lamar Miller. De- Demarco Murray, one of the few really money-in-the-bank selections and running back this year in the fantasy football world. I think he's going to have a great season. He performed really well last year, ran great on the ground, caught a lot of balls, and I think Derrick Henry is going to continue to cut into his workload, but not enough to bring down DeMarco Murray's value that he's not going to be a monster for fantasy. So I still think I still think DeMarco Murray's a, a stud pickup. The Jaguars are leaning on Fournette. Leonard Fournette, their rookie, they're essentially hoping he's going to be Ezekiel Elliott this year. He's going to come right out the gate and be a monster. And considering, you know, the Jaguars have had TJ Yeldon, they've had Chris Ivory, they've really tried to fill that role. They had Toby Gerhardt for a time. 
They've been trying to make the running back position work. Maybe Fournette will finally be it. Fournette is actually one of the few rookies that I feel good about drafting. Like, I feel comfortable saying, go out there, spend a high draft pick on him. I think you'll be, you know, you will, it'll be worth, it'll be worth it. Um, Cleveland Browns, now, I, I love the improvements that they've made at their offensive line. I'm still just not sold on any of their runners. You know, Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson are their guys. And I have not been impressed with either one of them. I think they think they're both good but inconsistent. And I'm not sure if that's their play or the play of the team. But I, I mean, until until I see some consistent play out of that Cleveland franchise, it's hard for me to touch either of those running backs. As much as people are saying the offensive line is going to be better, Crowell will be better. I don't I don't want to touch him with a ten foot pole. Pittsburgh Steelers have got Levy and Bell. Levy and Bell. I mean, that's it. I don't know if there's anything else to say. I mean, now there's a discussion about John, uh, James Conner is uh, the the backup for them. You know, th- people are saying he looks good. There's a lot of optimism. Of course, there's optimism. You gotta, you know, because it's a very real chance Levy and Bell might miss the first week or two, and they gotta have somebody ready to take the job over behind him. They also got, you know, they still have Fitzgerald Toussaint and Niall Davis is bouncing around, but. The name of the game with the Steelers is Levy and Bell. There's no other running backs worth having. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals, this is another question mark because I was just wondering earlier today, Giovanni Bernard's a little hurt, Jeremy Hill's still on the roster, and they drafted Joe Mixon, and there's a belief that Joe Mixon is going to be their starter coming right out the gate. This rookie, you know, he had some domestic violence issues, but clearly, you know, there's a lot of excitement about Joe Mixon. Is he going to be the man? Is he going to dominate? Um... And how is he going to cut into the touches of Bernard and Hill? I have no idea how all this is going to work out. Joe Mixon's being drafted very high. Personally, I would still put my money on Bernard. I think Giovanni Bernard is the guy who has the most value in that backfield. He's the most versatile in that backfield, and he's been there the longest. From a fantasy standpoint, I just think Giovanni Bernard's the safest bet. Baltimore Ravens, this is another confusing situation because you've got multiple guys that you're looking at. Terrence West you know, really kind of did a nice job there last year. You know, I don't know if he was formally the starter, but he became the starter. And Danny Woodhead has now shown up. So Danny Woodhead spent the last couple of seasons with the San Diego Chargers, tore his ACL in week one last year. Now he's coming back from an ACL injury, and he's coming to a new franchise, the Baltimore Ravens. Now Danny Danny Woodhead has brought a lot to the backfield of every team he's played for. Just ask the Patriots, just ask the Chargers. But is he sufficiently healed? And back from that injury, and how are how is Baltimore going to use him? How many, you know, what is the split up of touches going to be between Danny Woodhead and Terrence West? Now I know Kenneth Dixon's done for the year, but again, I count I'm gonna count on Danny Woodhead just because of the street cred and the history and the experience. But it's tough to really rely on him being a solid play until after week one when I see how he's used with that Ravens team. So Another sort of confusing question with the running backs. Now, Buffalo Bills, LaShawn McCoy. He's like DeMarco Murray, solid play. Um, Gillisley is gone, so that pretty much means that's another guy who is not getting in the way or stealing touches from, from LaShawn McCoy. He's a solid play. Go get him, go get him, go get him. <coughs> Speaking of Gillisley, Patriots. So Gillisley is now in the Patriots, and now you're looking at the Patriots. They have 
a plethora of running backs. And as as is always the case, fantasy football running backs is always confusing when you get to the Patriots. They've got James White. They've got uh, Deion Lewis. They've got um, Rex Burkhead. Um, and, you know, now they've got Mike Gillisley. And, and, you know, we're not even talking about Brandon Bolden. I mean, they still have all of these guys. Who's going to be the most valuable guy to have? It's probably Gillisley. You know, there's a real discussion about how Gillisley was a hell of a red zone uh, running back last year for the Bills. Blunt is gone. I think Gillisley is probably going to be the most likely candidate to slide into that, you know, that void left by LeGarrette Blunt. So I think that's the guy that's probably worth having. But again, you never know with the Patriots' backfield. It's always going to be a big question mark. Um, the Miami Dolphins, Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi really won the job last year. You know, Arian Foster inevitably retired. Um, never finished the season for the Dolphins. Um, I think Ajayi is still a good play. I would rather have a few other guys ahead of him because Ajayi was primarily, you know, he got overhyped because he got two straight back-to-back 200-yard games, which was amazing. And he did perform well after that, but the consistency and the numbers never really kind of got back up to those two amazing 200-yard games. And so... The volume was there. I just don't know if he's going to be able to replicate the consistency and the numbers like he did last year. So I have a little trepidation about drafting Jay Ajayi. And then lastly, the last team, New York Jets. There's a lot of excitement about Bilal Powell. I mean, Matt Forte, still on that roster, still going to get touches, still going to be involved. But there's really a sense from Jets camp that Bilal Powell is going to be getting a lot of attention and a lot of work and that he might be the guy to have over Matt Forte. Can't, can't believe I'm saying that two years removed from Chicago, that Matt Forte has fallen off the map this fast. But, I mean, that's the NFL for you, not for long. Um, I would – I don't know if I'd – you see, I don't know if I'd have either running back. If I had to pick Bilal Powell over Matt Forte, I would probably say neither. Um, but I just – it's hard for me to convince myself that Bilal Powell is going to be doing. He's going to be producing more than Matt Forte, but that's what they're saying. Um, all right, that's all. That's all I'm saying. That's it. That's it for today. Say no more Sam Sports podcast for today. I ranted and raved about fantasy running backs. You know what? I think the next show I'm going to do. I'm going to do wide receivers and then probably do quarterbacks and diff, you know tight ends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But listen, thank you very much for listening. As I broke down all the running backs for every team in uh, the NFL going into this fantasy football season. Um, that's all I have for today. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. Um, I want to thank again, I, I want to say thank you to Don Kinian for the Sam Sports Podcast theme music. And uh, until next time, everybody, enjoy football. Get ready for your fantasy football drafts, and uh, good luck with your... Uh, Good luck with your fantasy football season. I'll be back before we actually start, though. But in the meantime, thanks a lot for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.